Thank you for joining us today. As Associate Pastor Paul shares the Word of God, our prayer is that your life will be touched by the Spirit of Almighty God and constant, powerful truths that can be applied to your everyday life. Let's join Associate Pastor Paul with today's message. We are in part two of a series that I started last Wednesday night entitled Making God's House Stronger. You know, obviously our theme for this year in 2017 is from Job, and we talk about our church becoming stronger and stronger. So we wanted to start out this year by giving our church a vision for making this house, our local body, strong. And so that we're going to just dive right into part two. I'm not going to review over what we did. If you didn't get to listen to part one, um, you, you can certainly listen on our podcast or grab a CD. We want to welcome everybody that is joining us on podcast. I want to talk tonight about stepping out of our comfort zone. Stepping out of our comfort zone. You know, I, I think our comfort zone is kind of like sitting in the grandstands of a ball game and watching other players participate in the game, but we're not actually in the game. And I'm going to use tonight um, some analogies that really correlate to sporting events. You know, probably football would be something I think we could all be familiar with, so I'll probably go along that theme. But, but our comfort zone is the place in our lives where we've settled in and we're no longer growing and moving forward in our walk with the Lord. And that's really a dangerous place to be at because when you come to a place where you shift into neutral, then you begin to roll backwards. There, there's not really such a thing in the Christian life and character where you just stay in one place. You're either growing and becoming stronger or you're diminishing and coming weaker. And I think when we sit in our comfort zones, it removes us from a lot of the pressures and challenges that go on in the field. I mean, we're not an active participant. We're not actually a player in the game. But I think it also removes us from opportunities that we can have to celebrate the victories that the team has. Yes, you're safe from injury. You're safe from exertion. You're safe from the hard work. But you're never going to experience the joy of the victories that the team has. Now, let's talk about a sporting event here for a minute, and, and I had the opportunity this year to attend several U of A games, which is a whole lot of fun. If you've never been, I definitely recommend that you go attend one. It's quite a show. But when you attend a sporting event, here's about the only pressure that you face. You have to get yourself up and get yourself ready or, and or your family ready. You have to get to the event on time for the kickoff. <clears throat> You've got to maybe get your Coke and your hot dog or your peanuts or whatever it is, that you, your cup of coffee, whatever it is, and then you've got to find your place in the stands and you sit down in your seat and at that point, you're home free. <clears throat> now you can be entertained by the game and you can be a grandstand coach even if you want to be. Does that sound familiar? It can because... If we're not careful, a lot of churches can fall into that exact same routine each and every Sunday and each and every Wednesday that we come. 
See, we know once we're seated, we can relax and enjoy the show. You went through the effort of getting here. You had supper, and you got the kids ready, and you did what you needed to do. You found your traditional seat that you always sit in. Now, okay, entertain me. See, we're not concerned personally with running any plays. We don't really face any real obstacles. We, we watch other people do that when we're at a game. But if we only sit in the stands, we're never really going to feel a part of the actual team. We're fans of the team, but we're not actually members of the team. Now, there's a vision that God has put on the inside of every human being, every believer, God's placed a vision. And that vision is to fulfill the call and the purpose that God has for our lives. That's the vision. That's the drive. That's, that's the desire that God has put inside of each and every one of us. We are here on this earth for the cause of Christ. That's the only reason. And I honestly believe that a life spent on anything other than fulfilling the cause of Christ is a life wasted. So can we do that and still hold down our jobs? Absolutely. Can we do that and still do what we do each and every day? You bet. I mean, even more so. You know, me being here in the ministry and the other pastors that are here on staff and, and some of the, the staff that's here, our job, the Scripture clearly says, is to equip and train the saints for the work of service of the ministry. <clears throat> I think a lot of people think, well, I'm going to church Sunday. Well, we are the church. You know, I love what David said in our minister's conference. He, says, he said that church wasn't a moment. Church is a movement. And if we reduce church to only being a moment in time where we come on Sunday or we come on Wednesday, we're missing the mark and the goal of what God wants us to accomplish. We're here for the cause of Christ. And, you know, I believe that we're born to win. I believe that's our destiny. We're, we're born to walk into victory that God has for us. You can read all through the Old Testament, and you, you can see that God was a God of war, and God had his people going to battle, and God, God's role was that they would win. As a matter of fact, oftentimes God would go before them, and they didn't even have to do anything. God would fight their battles for them because our God is a winner, and our God has destined us to be winners, and God has destined his church to be winners. But that doesn't mean that we're not going to face battles. When I think about, the scripture says, we're more than conquerors. Man, I like that. I'm more than a conqueror. But that means I'm going to have to conquer something. The Bible says that we're overcomers in Christ. I like that. I want to be an overcomer. Who doesn't? But that means you're going to have to overcome some things. I think many Christians don't get in the game because they fear failing. I might miss the pass. I might make a wrong play. I might get overlooked. I may become embarrassed in front of everybody. What if I don't do good? What, what if I don't, I'm not good enough to make the team? And I think our society, church, for the last 35 or 40 years has taught the doctrine of self-esteem 
And now because of that doctrine, the fruit of that generation can't handle pressure. They can't face the things that life brings their way. And I think when we're on the sidelines, at least we can feel like we're in the game, even though we're really not in the game. But church, I want you to know tonight that God did not bring you to Christian Ministries Church just so that you could warm a chair. God brought you to our church because, and I want you to hear this, and I'm not just telling you this just to pump you up or to fluff you up. I honestly believe that there is a purpose and a reason for every single person in this church, from the youngest to the oldest, you have a part and a role to play in God's house. Can I have an amen? But see, it's not until you realize that you're an absolute nobody that God can make you a somebody. And I think a lot of people, they feel like maybe they are nobody. Well, who am I? I can't preach. I can't, I can't really teach. I can't sing. Well, those are just a very small part, a very small part of what takes place on a Sunday morning service or a Wednesday evening service of church. We can't reduce church down, once again, to just a moment of preaching and worship. The church is a living, breathing, active organism that God brought into the world to affect the world for Jesus Christ. But it's not until you come to a place where you realize that, you know what? As I read the scripture, God always took nobodies and made them somebodies, and then he sent them into the world to change the world. We're all created by God to feel the joy and the excitement of victory. We're created by God, everybody likes that. That's why people go to sporting events. Nobody wants to go to a sporting event to experience their team losing. That's not why you go. You know, you don't walk away from a sporting event and go, man, we got the crud beat out of us tonight. Wasn't that awesome? Woo, I feel good. No, you kind of walk out dejected, right? You're just like, man, that hurt. Wow, man, we got spanked. Nobody likes that. Because God created us to win. God wants us to experience victories. And as a matter of fact, those victories are God's inborn method of motivating us to greater heights, to doing greater things for his kingdom. Watching other people succeed is great. I'm all for watching other people make the touchdown. <clears throat> Even though my team, the Dallas Cowboys, didn't make it in. We got beat. But it's fun watching people make touchdowns and spike the ball. And, whoo, man, that's awesome. And we cheer for the team. And it feels good. But I promise you, it's nothing like the guy who carried the ball into the end zone and spiked it himself. There's no comparison to the feeling that he has and the feelings that the spectators in the stadium stands are experiencing, there's a big difference in the celebration in the hearts of the people on the team and the hearts of the people who are just watching the team. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I think part of our problem is this. People don't see church as a place that they can serve and meet the needs of others. They see church as a place that should meet their needs 
And if it doesn't meet their needs, they leave. And you know, I've been here in our ministry for over 25 years. I've watched a lot of people come. I've watched a lot of people go. I've watched a lot of people stay. And I've watched God use them in great and mighty ways. You know, in our generation, we're going to have to come to a place where we're not me, mine, I focused, but we're kingdom focused. Once again, why are we here? What's our mission? Are we here to bring, build our kingdoms or are we here to br- build God's kingdom? Are we here to, to make life about us or are we here to make life about him? Everywhere we go, whether we're at Walmart or whether we're going out to eat or whether it's in our homes with our families and our children, God has a mandate and a call on our life to be the church, whether it be in our schools or whether it be at work, it doesn't matter. God has a call and a mandate on our life to be the church. Now let's use this football analogy a little bit more. You know, many players on the team initially assume that they're going to play a particular position. You can talk to a lot of coaches. Most players on the team have an idea of what position they feel that they are best suited to play. And they will give you all the reasons why they ought to be in that position. But oftentimes, under the experience and the direction of the coach, the coach will say to that player, you know what, I've been doing this for a really long time, and you're more suited for this position. Because in this position, you'll be the most influence and the best person for the team in this position. See, the coach is all about what is best for the team, not necessarily the individual players on the team. And if we, th- if we think about the coach, I guess when we begin to compare it to the church, we can talk about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the one that does that. As a matter of fact, turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And we're going to start in verse 14. And we're going to see what Paul has to say about the church and about God's body. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 14. Yes, the body has many different parts, not just one part. If the foot says, I'm not a part of the body because I'm not a hand, that does not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear says, I'm not a part of the body because I'm not an eye, would that make it any less part of the body? If the whole body were an eye, how would you hear? If your whole body were an ear, how would you smell anything? But our bodies have many parts, and God has put, listen, and God has put each part just where he wants it. Yes, there are many parts, but only one body. And therefore, the eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. The head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. See, God has created all of these different parts, and each one of us are a different part. As I look across the room tonight, 
And I see all the different people here with all the different personalities and all the different giftings and all the different talents and abilities that God has given you. Each and every one of us is essential to the mission of this church, becoming stronger and stronger and accomplishing what it was that God has for us to accomplish in 2017. Remember, players are there only to serve the interest of the team. There is no I in team. They're there for the benefit of the team. And they will be unsuccessful if they come to practice with their own agenda. See, coaches get awfully frustrated when players come to practice with their own agenda instead of the agenda of the coach. The coach knows best. The coach is the one that's leading the team. Well, I want to be the quarterback. Well, no, I want to be the quarterback. Well, I want to be the running back. No, I want to be the running back. And so people begin to, you know, bicker and fight over positions and titles and roles and what they're doing. And so, well, you didn't pick me to be the quarterback, so I quit. And they just throw the ball down at the feet of the coach and they walk off of the field. In church, the ball is the pearl of the gospel, laying on the ground at the feet of the Holy Spirit who is calling us to be team players and to go out and make a difference in the world. See, you don't come to church. You are the church. This building is not the church. This building could be blown completely over. And the church would continue to move forward because the church is you and I. We'll believe God for another building. We'll build another building. But the church is you and I. Can I have an amen? In church, we must come with a mindset that we are here to benefit God's house and not make it about ourselves. And I can promise you that as you come to church and you find your place this year, and this is my goal from this series, is that every single person that is in this house will have a role in this house. And there are all kinds of things that we have going on in this ministry that you can get involved in and you can help in. I'm believing in 2017 that God burst visions in the hearts of our members. Vision to do things in our community. Vision to do things in our church. Vision to make a difference in Garland County and the surrounding areas. You are the one to do it. And I think oftentimes we think, well, they ought to do something about that. Well, they ought to start this. Well, they ought to start that. That's probably the Holy Spirit who is talking to you. See, the Holy Spirit, the coach, is trying to maneuver you into a position. You know, you need, we need to have them over to our house. We need to have dinner with them. You know, I need to go meet and have lunch with them. I need to pray with them. It may be a person just needs a listening ear. Maybe they just need some encouragement. Maybe they need you to put a new set of tires on their car. I don't know what it is, but each one of us, come on, each one of us has a role to play in the body of Jesus Christ. See, it's on the practice field that our motives are revealed. We may not have the abilities that other people have, but we have to have hearts to serve. If we have a heart to serve, I can promise you, you don't have to worry about the ability. I remember so many years ago when God brought me here to Christian Ministries. I was so green. I came from a broken home. I knew nothing about the Lord. I thought Christ was Jesus' last name. I mean, I really did. I didn't know. 
There were so many things that I did not know. And God began to maneuver me and position me. But it wasn't because I was good. It wasn't because I was a gifted speaker. As a matter of fact, I remember the, the, the original founder of this church, Don Brooks. He walked up to me one Sunday and he says, and this was after I'd been here for a number of years. He said, I generally don't like to hear you speak, but that was pretty good. I mean, the founder, how's that for self-esteem? You know, you're like, gee, uh, I don't know if that's a compliment or I'm not sure how to take that. But see, what God is looking for is a willingness. Not ability, not talent, not gifting. 2 Timothy 2.2 says, Commit to faithful people who shall be able to teach others also. Now listen to that. Commit to what people? Faithful people who shall be able to teach others also. It doesn't say to commit to able people who shall be faithful. It says commit to faithful people who shall be able. And at church, I'm telling you tonight, if you will provide the faithfulness, God will provide you with the ability. That's the way God works. But we have to be willing to step out out of our comfort zones, out of the boat, get on the water of service with Jesus in faith and begin to do what Jesus has created us to do. You know, I can't think of anyone, honestly, and I've been here a long time and I've watched a lot of people come and go, but I can't think of anyone who has come to our church with a servant's attitude who didn't have avenues of ministry open up to them. And boy, I tell you, I could go around the room and I could begin to name many people that stepped out of their comfort zone. And it was hard at first because they had to open up their home. And people walk in your home and they get your home dirty. And you got to take time to clean and get things straightened up. And you got to go out of your way to meet somebody for lunch. And you got to step out of the aisle to go pray for somebody. And it may be a little awkward and you're worried about whether or not they're going to think you're weird. And, and you probably are. And it doesn't matter because we all are. You know, really the church is like a bowl of cereal. It's just a bunch of fruit flakes and nuts, and we just all kind of mix together. <clears throat> but I can't think of anybody who stepped out that has been disappointed that God did not open up doors of opportunity for them. Now, I don't want to give the impression tonight that because you serve that that will give you a leadership position in church. That's not what it's about. As a matter of fact, once again, a little bit of my testimony. When I came here in the late 80s, and I was very young, nobody in my family had ever been in the ministry that I'm aware of. <laughs> well, maybe in the ministry to the devil, but not, not to the Lord. <laughs> and... I had no experience in that whatsoever. That thought of, you know, when we have interns that come through Applied Life Leaders Academy and they tell me, God's called me to the ministry. That thought never entered my mind. The whole time I went through our leadership program, that thought never entered my mind. I did air conditioning and refrigeration for years and years and years. I was licensed. That's what I did. Even when I graduated from our internship program, I went to work for a gentleman here in our church for a number of years until I was asked by our pastor to come on and do maintenance for our ministry. And the only reason that he asked me to do maintenance for our ministry is because 
I was always here. Every time he turned around, I was sweeping, mowing. At that time, we had, it was cassettes. I don't know if y'all know what those are. Some of you do. So I would straighten the cassette table. I would put a little bottle of water. I mean, our, our, we didn't have bottled water back then. I'd put a cup of water under his podium. I just served. That's all I knew to do. And I think that because of that, that servant's attitude, being willing to do whatever, to greet, to welcome, to volunteer. I was, I was one of the youth pastors here at our ministry. I pretty much held every position in this ministry at one point in time, not because I was so gifted and awesome at it. There were a whole lot of people that were a whole lot better players. But let me tell you something, church. Every coach will use the players that he has. Now, there may be players that he wants, but he's got to use the players that he has. And God is going to use the players in our church who are willing to step up and get into the game. And I want to encourage you to be that player. Whether you're 10 or you're 80, it doesn't matter. If you're here, God has a purpose, God has a plan, and God has a role for you to play. I think being a faithful servant is what God's all about. I think God is looking for people when he returns that are more concerned with his house and building his house than they are concerned with building their own house. You know, I think about Abraham, and God called Abraham, and he called him into a distant land that he knew not. And it said when Abraham got into that land, it says that Abraham built an altar and pitched his tent. Everywhere that Abraham went, the first thing that Abraham did was he built his altar, and then he pitched his tent. But church, today, we got too many people. They're pitching their altar, and they're building their tent. And they're focusing on the things of this world instead of the things of this kingdom. And once again, I'm not saying that you can't focus on your businesses and what you're doing, but you're heavenly minded and you understand that on that phone call, God and his Holy Spirit may move. In that meeting, there's an opportunity. At that lunch, as we go throughout our day, we're in the world, come on, help me, but we're not of the world. See, when we come to church, we come to be a blessing, not receive a blessing. Honestly, church, I want you to know, I don't come to church to be blessed. I don't come to church to get a word. I don't come to church to be encouraged. That's not why I come to church. I come to church for two reasons and two reasons only. Reason number one, I come to church to worship Jesus Christ because he deserves it. And the second reason that I come to church is so that I might be a blessing to my brothers and sisters in Christ. And I have to be here. You know, I really feel like, and I want everybody in this room to feel like, I can't miss. There might be a divine opportunity that God has for me that passes up. I can't tell you the number of times that I have come to church, and simply because I was here, God used me. And I just got to be here because I don't want to miss my opportunity to be used by the Lord. Certainly it's easy. It's easy to be a spectator. It's easy to watch other people participate in the arena of the game. But God wants us to get in the arena and be the body of Christ. As I end part two 
of this series of messages entitled Making God's House Stronger. You know, football players make it into the playing field because they're team players. That's why they're chosen and they're put in the position by the coach where he sees they're best suited to advance the overall team. Their goal is to play in such a way that they're a positive force for the team. When we go to church, we go to contribute. We go to deposit, not withdraw. We go to be a blessing, not receive a blessing. But here's the cool thing. In being a blessing, you get blessed. Because it's in giving that you receive. And, and I honestly can say that, you know, anytime that I have sacrificed anything for the Lord, God's always blessed me back in return. Oftentimes, way more than what I deserve. Can I have an amen? Zechariah chapter 10, verse 6 and 7 says this. I will strengthen the house of Judah. That's us. They shall become like a mighty warrior, and their hearts shall be glad as with wine. Their children shall see it and be glad. Their hearts shall rejoice in the Lord. God's vision for this house is that we would be warriors, that we would be strong, that we would be well-disciplined, that we would have a clear focus, that we would be kingdom-minded, and that we would constantly know that we are recruited by God to fulfill His agenda, not our own. Man, church, I really want this year to be your year. And here's how I know this year can be your year. Take your focus off of yourself Put your focus on God's kingdom. Begin to pray. Begin to fast. Begin to seek God in deeper ways than you have previously. Set aside some time this year. Get in your word more. Pray more. Fast more. Seek the Lord more. Give more. Love more. And I can promise you this. By the end of 2017, you will be walking in the fulfillment of Job chapter 17, verse 9, you will be stronger and stronger as a result of your giving. Amen? Let's give the Lord a hand clap tonight. Stand with me. Let's pray together. Father God, we just thank you that we're your people. And God, tonight, we're on your team. God, we ask that you birth in our hearts a desire to be active members of your team. God, give us a vision for being in this house every time the doors are open so that we can get the plays from the coach and we can go out and make the touchdowns for your kingdom. God, we give you thanks and praise. Go before us. Bring us back here Sunday ready to praise and honor you once again. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope that you have been blessed, encouraged, and motivated by today's message. If you are interested in more messages by the pastors at CM Church, please log on to our website at www.cmchurch.com and click on our podcast link. You can also purchase series and other messages at our online store.